All right, we are back. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join us is Marie Yunanaway. Good morning, Marie. Good morning. So I was so intrigued. You're a kindness advocate. How did that come about? So I had written a book for children about kindness, and then I decided that I would make it my mission to spread the word of kindness and the importance of it by becoming an advocate for kindness. And an advocate for kindness means that someone that just goes around the country talking to kids, giving them examples of how they can be kind, the importance of kindness, and for them to join me in a mission to inspire other kids to become kindness advocates. It's so interesting because it's just doing something not for yourself but for somebody else just makes you feel good. Absolutely, absolutely. Kindness Counts out of Canada did a study for 30 days. They had kids do three acts of kindness a day and then share how they felt at the end of 30 days. So at the end of 30 days, kids said that they continue doing the three acts of kindness even though the contest was over, mm-hmm. and they got a better feeling from giving kindness than getting a present. Oh, I was so inspired by that. Yes. And that's something kids need to learn when they're younger, you know, volunteering, Absolutely. doing something for somebody else. Yes, and it's something parents could, you know, do together with their kids to set an example. And, you know, by volunteering together, showing them that even the smallest act of, act of kindness goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, kids will see that if they can understand it at a young age, it could change their outcome of so many future endeavors when they go for college applications and essays. They've heard, you know, they have a big platform of volunteering, and um, they can write their essays on how they treated other people and the benefits of it. So, kids, if they learn early enough, they could use these lessons throughout their whole life. I agree. When I was younger, I actually volunteered at a hospital, and I used to deliver flowers and read the cards to people that were a lot older, and um, it really stuck with me. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And how great! How great was that? It was incredible. And then when it came time to get internships, I ended up working in a few other hospitals. Um, One was Tufts New England Medical Center. And just I loved the whole feeling of being in that setting. That's amazing. See, and what a perfect example of something you did when you were young that you had no idea was going to, you know, be something you'd be referencing many years later. Right. That really left a mark. It did. It really did. Tell me about your book, The Adventures. Is it Fatty and Payaso? Payaso, yeah. We laugh because as if my name wasn't hard enough, I then <laughs> have two characters with names that are hard, so kids probably will never find me. Um, in real life, Fatty the cat uh, was our cat, mm-hmm. and Payaso was the neighbor's cat. And for 13 plus years, these cats, no matter how much time was in between visits, because our neighbor only lived there um, in the fall and the spring, the cat would come across the hall and sit with Fatty and, and play with him all day. Aww. It was so amazing to me. But they had this great friendship that, despite they were both so different, Fatty was a, a rescue tabby from the shelter, and Payaso is this exotic, rare breed cat that's well-groomed and travels the world with his parents. And I thought, look at that. What a great example for kids. It doesn't matter how different your backgrounds are. It doesn't matter, you know, Payaso's family's Cuban, so I make him the Cuban cat. Cute. And, you know, no matter Fatty's weight didn't bother him, the fact that he, you know, suffered from shyness. So I thought, wow, this would make a great story for kids. I think it's wonderful. So Thank you. So are you based in Manhattan? Yeah. So we actually live on Central Park and have a terrace. And in real life, the, the birds actually do torture the heck out of a cat. <laughs> I have the only 30-pound cat in the world that the birds harass him inside. A 30-pound cat. Yeah. 
You don't have to go to the gym. <laughs> I know. I'm just picking him up. I had to get vets to actually come to the house because I wasn't strong enough to carry him in the carrier oh my to the gosh. vet. And, and it's so funny. I tried to put him on a diet. Every time I, I did, he outsmarted me. <laughs> Find him in the refrigerator at night. <laughs> oh, I got one of those. The vet said, get a treat ball, and you put the treat in the ball, and it makes him exercise to get the treat out. <laughs> I came home from work to him laying there with his paw over the ball, and he had figured out that one little movement to the left with his paw still on it would knock a treat out. I opened the front door, and there he was, one treat at a time. Oh, is that Not doing any, funny? hardly any movement. It was so funny. That is hysterical. They are really smart. I had cats for years. Yeah. So incredible. So smart. And they're, it's funny because they love you when they want to love you. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> I think I saw a cartoon one time with the difference between a cat and a dog. Cats hang from your curtains when you come home. And they're like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and the dogs have like chewed, chewed up your slippers and everything else, you know. Exactly. Tell me how you, uh, you're very creative. And does that help you in a lot of ways? Because the name of my show is Get the Funk Out. And I'm always curious how people process things, you know, especially your love of animals. So, you know, I was an event planner and wedding planner for many years. So I was able to use my creativity in planning events. And it was such a great outlet. I could dream up a different look and color scheme, location. And when I stopped doing that, I kind of felt like, hmm, I needed that. I don't know what the word would be. I like just needed that exercise of my creativity, I guess. And that was when my husband said, well, why don't you sit down and you love the animals and they're so funny and unique. Why don't you write a story about them? And that's really how it started. And then my girlfriend had said to me, you know, there's characterlab.org has found all these character skills Mm -hmm. that are lacking in children today. Why don't you incorporate those skills in Ooh, the character? A great idea. Yeah. So I took, so you know, fatty stands for loyalty, kindness, compassion. You know, uh, Payaso has grit. He's leadership. Um, he's got the skills of bravery. So you know, each cat has strengths and weaknesses. And also, there's a young boy in the book. You know, he represents purpose. And um, there's my dog's families in the book, and he's. Empathy. I mean, so each of them have strengths, and they teach the other characters how important the strengths are by actions. And it's great for kids to be able to see, and I had such a great time being creative, coming up with, hmm, how would I show grit? You know, how would I show zest? I mean, most of these kids don't even know what grit or zest is, so if I just threw the word at them, it wasn't going to help. I had to throw an action. You know, I had to have the character doing something. So it was really fun to have to be creative. I, I walked through the park, you know, coming to come up with ideas, especially the, the raccoon that's in the park. So with each, you know, each turn of the page or each part of the story, I was pushing myself to bring another level of creativity for kids. I think it's great. Um, I feel like this book not only will be loved by kids, but what about adults? So I've been saying, you know, i got to tell you that, the excitement, you know, you never know when you put yourself out there and you write a story. You don't know how people are going to perceive it. And it was I, such a different feeling for me having to ask adults to read it. I, like, I laid awake at night thinking, oh, my gosh, these people might think I'm crazy after reading the story, you know. <laughs> and I've given voices to my animals. But to have an adult call back and say, I read the book last night. Oh, my gosh, I left out loud. I, you know, I could picture the whole thing. The, the way you wrote it, it was just so great. I couldn't put it down. 
And the feeling that gave me, it was just, I don't know, I can't put it into words. It was just so gratifying. And I think it was easily my biggest accomplishment accomplishment yet, more so than the kids. I mean, right. kids are, you know, for the most part, easy, I think. You know, you give them a funny story, you throw in some poop, you throw in some <laughs> excitement. I mean, kids are kids, and they love animals, so the animals tell themselves. But I wanted it to be something that if an adult was reading it to their child, they were enjoying it as well. Kind of like, you know, you go to see a Disney movie, even though it's for kids, I, th- I hear the adults laughing just as much. I mean, oh, definitely. That, to me, is Disney's biggest success. Right. Well, we have to enjoy it, too, for sitting there for, you know, invested in an hour and a half. It has to be entertaining for us, too. Absolutely. You know. Now, you're very passionate about uh, bullying, you know. what um, As far as, is that something that you, you know, intertwine in the themes of your book? Well, bullying is all throughout. Uh, it's really kind of, when I started the book, that was my first thought was, okay, I'm going to teach the kids how important it is to stand up to a bully in a kind way and how to handle a bully. Because I think when I was a kid, bullying was hard and it has not gotten any easier. When I was a kid, I could go home from school and the bullying would stop. And let me tell you, it doesn't stop anymore for these kids. It's on social media. The kids could reach them at home. The weekends, if I didn't get invited to a party on the weekend, it was no big deal. I didn't know about it. But now right. these kids who are not being invited and being purposely excluded and shamed have to look at the pictures of the party on oh, social media. Oh, It's awful. And it's, it's hurtful. And at that age, you know, even as an adult, it, you kind of feel like, hmm, you know, if you don't get invited to something, you're like, okay, no problem. You can handle it. But to a kid, it feels like the end of the world. Everything oh, yeah. is so amplified when you're young. And, you know, depending on the age, you factor in hormones, you factor in emotions. And you just feel all alone. And if your parents aren't, there's not a two-way street and dialogue happening with parents and children. Parents most of the time don't even know that their child is being bullied or excluded. I know. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that's kept from us with phones and kids and teens and, you know. Yeah, and it's not to say that parents aren't doing a great job at parenting. It's just so new. And it's like trying to put a net over the entire ocean to see everything going on. It's impossible. It is. So, the, you know, the amount of ways a kid can, you know, be on a social platform between, gosh, there's so many, too many to mention. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. Well, you know, which brings me back to, I feel like it's important to get your kids out there doing things, volunteering and being part of the Let's All Be Kind Challenge. You know, I think it's so powerful. Thank you so much, and I'm really hoping it takes off. I'm hoping parents do it together. I'm trying to engage older kids to get involved, do something kind, share about, you know, share it, and we're going to be incorporating a contest that's going to be announced at Thanksgiving for the best story of kindness. So I urge kids to get out there, go to the website, download the Be a Kindness Advocate sign, go out there, do something kind, share the story with us with the hashtag, because if you get picked Thanksgiving, you have a really great gift coming your way. Wow. Okay, so where can people find out more about you? So at letsallbekind.com, uh, they can find out about the book, the kindness challenge, the character skills that uh, parents can work on with their children, how to engage their kids in different um, activities. So uh, letsallbekind.com has a ton of information. And I, uh, I, hope, I hope everybody loves the idea of the kindness challenge and, and does it. Fantastic. Well, Marie, we've got a wrap, but I want to thank you so much for calling into the show. Thank you so much. Have a great day and have a wonderful Labor Day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. 
You got it. Take care now. You too. That was Marie Unanaway, and she was calling in to talk about her kindness campaign. If you missed any part of this, everything will be up on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, uh, within an hour after I wrap, and I get everything up on there. Uh, I'm going to take a little break, and then we have one more guest calling in. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. <laughs> 